Hello, and welcome to the Equipping Godly Women podcast, where we help busy Christian moms find practical ways to grow in faith and family, no matter how busy they are. Today's podcast is brought to you by the Equipping Godly Women membership community, the place to get the mentorship, training, and encouragement you need to be the amazing Christian woman God is calling you to be. Learn more at equippinggodlywomen.com slash membership. Otherwise, let's go ahead and dive on into today's podcast. Hello, welcome to the first episode of the Equipping Godly Women podcast. My name is Brittany Ann. I am the founder and owner of Equipping Godly Women, and I am so excited that you are here with me today because what I am about to share with you honestly has the potential to be life-changing, and I am not exaggerating. You see, when I started Equipping Godly Women four years ago, I didn't really have a lot of hopes or expectations for it. I really thought it was just going to be this fun little tips and tricks kind of site where I could share, you know, five tips for reading your Bible more or six tips for being a good mom. And while I do still do a lot of that, the more that I write and the more that I get feedback from all of you wonderful readers, the more that I am just so convicted in my heart that there is so much more to this Christian journey than just a simple set of tips and tricks. If we read in John 10, 10, we see that it says, the thief comes only to steal and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. You see, when we look in the Bible, we are given such an example of what the godly Christian life should look like and can look like. If you read in the book of Acts about the early Christians and everything they went through, it is crazy. These people were being persecuted for their faith. They had people literally threatening to kill and killing them. There were people going around to other cities, hunting down Christians and killing them, decapitating them, burning them at the stake, all kinds of terrible things, crucifying them. This is what was happening to the early Christians. But how did they react? Christians in Acts chapter four actually pray, God, you know what's going on. Make us bold so that no matter what persecution we face, that today we will stand for you and that we will do this. And it is with that sentiment that I have decided to update our tagline. If you notice now on the Equipping Godly Women website, it actually says helping Christian women be all in in faith and family. Because you see, I am no longer interested in a faith that is cozy and comfortable. I am no longer interested in a faith that is just, oh, here's a couple easy tips and tricks for when it's convenient to you. The early Christians were crazy about their faith. They did not care if people were going to hunt them down and kill them. They said, you know, sure, go for it. Hunt me down and kill me. I don't care. I am living for God, no matter what, no matter the cost. And yet here in America, do we live that way? For most of us, myself included, we don't. We have trouble sitting down to read our Bibles. For so much of the world and so much of history, people didn't have Bibles. They were dying so that they could have Bibles. And yet, how often do we say, oh, I'm too busy. I can't, I don't have time for that. Oh, you know, I should, I want to, but oh, you know, whatever, and make excuses. And I am not trying to hate on anybody. I promise you, there have been so many days where I also did not read my Bible. But If we are 
being called to this amazing Christian life, do you really want a faith where you just sit around and make excuses and say, oh, well, I'm busy or, oh, well, I have this going on or, oh, well, here's this other reason. Or do you want a faith where you say, God, this is what you call me to. And no matter the cost, it does not matter. I am all in. In Luke chapter eight, Jesus tells the parable of a farmer who goes out to sow seed. It says a farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seeds, some fell on the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still others fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than what was so. When he said this, he called out, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. Now, chances are you've probably heard this parable before, maybe lots of times if you've grown up in church like I did. But the thing is, I think we have a tendency a lot of times to say, oh, well, we are the seed that was that landed on the good soil. We are the seed that you know grew up and we were a Christian. We heard the word of God and look at us, we're doing great. But lately I've really been convicted that we are not the good seed on the good soil, you guys. For so many of us, and again, I am not trying to judge you. You only know your heart. But for so many of us, the truth is we are the seed that grew on the thorns. We heard the word of God. We believed that it was the truth. But so many things have come in our lives to distract us, to disarm us, and to keep us from producing that crop that Jesus said a good seed would produce. In verse 8, it says that the good crop produced a hundred times more than what was sown. Is that true of your life today? Obviously, our works do not save us. We know that. But if you are a Christian, your life should show it. Are you producing a crop? Is there all of the spiritual fruit in your life or are you still stuck? Are you still in a place where you say, oh yeah, I believe in God, but I have all these worries and distraction that is literally choking the Christian life out of me. That is not what I want for you, you guys. Now, at this point, I know it'd be really tempting to say, oh, well, I'm doing okay. I go to church. I read the Bible and all these other things that we can say. But the truth is, Isaiah 64, 6 tells us that is not enough. Our works, the good things we do, are not impressive to God. Isaiah 64, 6 tells us all of us have become like one who is unclean. And all of our righteous acts, like going to church, reading your Bible, all the things that we think make us good Christians, are like filthy rags. We all shrivel up like a leaf. Like the wind, our sins sweep us away. If you look up, the commentary on what this verse actually means, where it says filthy rags, that is referring to used menstrual cloths. In other words, like think of used tampons and pads that are old and just like gross and disgusting. Can you even imagine going up to the pearly gates, you're ready to go in heaven and Peter meets you there or Jesus meets you there or whoever meets you there. And they say, why should we let you in? And you say, oh, well, look what I have here. And you think you're saying, oh, well, I went to church. Oh, well, I did this. And really all it is is you're like, here's some used tampons. Like, really, I'm not going to literally do that. But can you even imagine? I was like, oh, here's some used tampons. Uh, ew, gross. No, thank you. Like, it's good that we do these things. But these things are not what God is looking for. It's not like God lines us up and he says, okay, here, let's put you in order by how perfect you are, how godly you are. And then the first, you know, 300 or so get in or whatever number you want to make up because it's all made up anyways. 
It really does not matter how holy we are compared to other people. It does not matter if, oh, well, everybody's doing the sin, so it's totally fine if I do it too. It doesn't matter if, oh, well, most people don't give that much, so it's fine if I don't give that much either. What other people do does not matter because they're not the standard. When you get to heaven, God's not going to say, oh, well, you were better than that person who lived down the street, so you're fine. Come on in. Or, oh, well, yeah, I know you kept doing that sin, even though I told you not to. And, you know, I told you I was pretty serious about this sin, but it's fine. Like, I was just kidding about that. God is serious when he tells us he doesn't want just part of us. He doesn't want our works and our filthy rags. He wants all of us. He wants us all in. In fact, if you look at 1 Peter 1, 16, it says, for it is written, be holy because I am holy. So let me ask you, what is your goal of your Christian walk? Are you settling for good enough? Are you saying, oh, well, I did this and I did this. You know, I went to church this week, so I'm fine. Or are you running the race marked before you? Are you saying, God, you call me to perfection and nothing less, and I am in. What is your goal today? You see, there were these people way back in Jesus's time who thought that they were doing the right thing and they thought that they were good enough. They were doing all these good things for the Lord and they knew their Bibles and they went to the temple and they did all of these things. And so they said, oh, surely God must be so impressed by me. Look at all these things that I'm doing. But if you read in Matthew 23, 25, it says, Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside they are full of greed and self-indulgence. And honestly, isn't that true of us today? We clean the outside of our cup. We say, oh, well, I haven't murdered anyone. Oh, well, I, you know, don't do this. Oh, I don't smoke. Oh, I don't sleep around. You know, I'm not a drug dealer. I'm not these outward sins that people see. But then we still have all this stuff inside us that God says, get rid of that. What are you doing? Do you know that in the Bible, it says hundreds of times, literally hundreds of times, do not fear, do not worry, do not be anxious. Let me ask you right now, do you have things you are worried about? If so, that is sin. And God doesn't say, oh, well, you know, everybody else is worried. So it's totally fine if you're worried, like that's fine. Don't, no, God says, do not worry, period. Like that's what it is. What about anger? Are you angry and grouchy in your life? God's not going to say to you, oh, well, you know, he did cut you off, so it's fine. Or, oh, well, that person really did deserve for you to yell at them on the phone. Or, you know, your husband really was a jerk today. So like, I don't really blame you for yelling at him and going off on him. God says, in your anger, do not sin. And I almost hate to say this because I do not want this to come out in a condemning way. But the truth is, as Christians in America, we are lukewarm. If you think about people who are truly on fire for their faith, who are like, God, I want you, nothing else, no matter what. Do you think that their behavior and the way that they're living is the way that we're living today? When we, you know, can't make time to read our Bible because, you know, we're busy or, oh, we should go to church, but, you know, I'm kind of tired. I feel like sleeping in today. Or maybe I will go to church, but I kind of just sit there and think about my to-do list. Or maybe I do listen to the sermon and it says, you know, do this, do that, love your neighbor. But then when I go out, I don't actually love my neighbor the way that God taught us to love our neighbor. Are you taking care of the poor? Are you taking care of widows? Are you helping the needy in your community? Are you going out in a radical and powerful way? And again, I am totally talking to myself here as well. But God calls us to something that is huge and we're missing the boat. 
In fact, in 1 John 2, 15 and 16, it says, Do not love the world or anything in the world. If anyone loves the world, love for the Father is not in them. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, comes not from the Father, but from the world. So what are you loving today that is less than God? What are you doing that is keeping you away from God? What are you putting in his place? What is it that you think that you need in your life that you are pursuing? Are you pursuing being the best mom ever? That's not a bad thing, but are you pursuing it instead of pursuing God? Are you pursuing being such a great wife? That's not a bad thing, but don't pursue that instead of pursuing God. Are you pursuing your business or your work, trying to climb the corporate ladder? And that is, you know, you're trying to pay down debt and do all these things and change the world or whatever you're doing. That's great, but don't pursue that instead of God. That's not the point. In fact, in Revelation 3, 15 through 16, God says, I know your deeds, that you are neither cold nor hot. I wish you were either one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. The truth is, God would rather have you be an atheist than be a half-hearted Christian. He would rather you not believe in him and not have heard of him at all than to say, oh, I'm a Christian who's doing okay, and to settle, and to say, oh, this is good enough. That is shocking to say, it really is, but it's the truth. God did not call any of us to a life where we're kind of half in. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus warns us about the cost of being a disciple. It says, large crowds were traveling with Jesus and turning to them, he said, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Wouldn't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you had enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. In the same way, those of you who do not give up everything you have cannot be my disciples. Jesus wasn't messing around. If you were just halfway in, if you are in when it is convenient to you, if you are in as long as God doesn't ask too much and he doesn't touch a certain spot of your life, you're not in. You may think you're a Christian. You might go to church. You might read your Bible. You may think you're doing good, but God tells us if you aren't all in, you're not in at all. In fact, we read in Matthew 7, starting in verse 21, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. As Christians, we like to think, oh, we prayed the sinner's prayer, so we're good. Oh, we went to church. Oh, we read our Bible. Oh, we, you know, were more loving sometimes when we felt like it. That's not enough. In this verse that we just read, it said they were prophesying in their name. They were casting out demons. They had reason to believe. They thought they were Christian. They came to heaven and they said, Lord, we called on your name. And God said, I never knew you. You did those things on your own. That wasn't with me. You didn't follow me. You weren't my follower. 
how many of us are doing the same thing? We think we're a follower of Christ, but really we're just being nicer to people sometimes. I mean, anybody can do that. That's not the power of God living in us because you're nicer, because you read the Bible sometimes. Anybody can do that. If your life isn't marked by the power of God in your life, if you are not all in, if you do not lay down your cross, lay down your life and say, God, whatever it is, I am all in. I am following you no matter what. It's not enough. And that's scary, but that's the truth. So where do we go from here? This next year at Equipping Godly Women, I am done playing it safe. I am done just giving you really easy little tips and tricks so you can make your life a little bit better like it's a bunch of Christian life hacks. Christianity is so much more than that. I am ready to say, God, I am all in, no matter the cost. If you can say the same thing, I really hope that you will join me. Over the next several months, I'm going to be bringing you a series of videos that I'll do on my own, like this one, as well as tons of interviews with godly women whose stories you are going to want to hear. We're going to be diving in deep to the real issues that we as Christian women deal with, like worry, like fear, like anger, like joy, like all of these things that are holding us back from running the race marked before us. I want to get in. I want to see what does it look like to be a follower of Jesus, really? What does it look like? How do we do that? How do we walk this path? So here's what I need from you. If you are interested, if this sounds like exactly what you need in your life, if you say, God, I am in, God, it's going to be scary. I can tell you right now, it is not easy, but God, I trust you. I know your way is best and I am in. Here's what you need to do. First of all, make sure you are subscribed to the Equipping Godly Women newsletter. You can get on that very easy by going to equippinggodlywomen.com. There's a box right at the top. Basically what this is, is I send out emails twice weekly, generally twice, where I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to equip you. And I'm also going to challenge you. I'm going to say, hey, I was reading my Bible this morning and it told me this. Are you living in this? If not, I'm going to point it out to you. I'm going to be that kind of pesky big sister who is going to encourage you and be your biggest cheerleader, but who's also going to say, hey, I see this in your life and I'm calling you out on it. And I'm calling myself out too. We're all in this together. None of us has this figured out and that's okay. But what matters is when we say we are all in, I am running this race and nothing is getting in my way. So go subscribe if you have not already and join me because this is going to be an amazing year.